The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, and welcome to the show. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. I hope you have a lot of wonderful plans. Uh, but remember, always be safe no matter what you're doing. We are excited about our show today because, as all of you know, <clears throat> I am the new chair of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And for years now, I have been fighting bullying children with disabilities, teenagers, and adults with disabilities. But in the past year, I have made the bullying, stop bullying, young people with disabilities a national initiative. And really, that's how I met our guest today, because she took time to get in touch with me and had so many riveting stories of what happened to her that I wanted to make sure I had her on the show. So it gives me pleasure to introduce our guest, Jessica Mayer, who is the president trainer and consultant for JB Access. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Joyce. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak, and happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, too. Yes, that's right. Well, I'm happy to have you on the show. And for our listeners throughout the country, Jessica, how about if you start by telling them how you first became involved in the disability community? Well, that's kind of a strange thing for me because it really didn't happen until after college, until I went to start applying for jobs and noticed how much um, really people did not want to hire people with disabilities in the mid-80s, and that's what you do is to make sure that people with disabilities have jobs. So... What happened was I was unemployed, and I saw a woman on TV who had CP, who was part of the, because I have CP, who was part of the the Y program on on girls and women with disabilities, that mentoring program, YMC, that the YWCA used to have in the city, and I called them, and I was hooked up with a woman named Katinka, and we became friends, and that's kind of my first experience with somebody else with a disability because I didn't really grow up with other children with disabilities because I was mainstreamed. So I did not have the experience of being around people with disabilities, so it was new for me too. So that was kind of a strange experience for me. For me as well. So anyway, um, yeah, that's how I first became involved. And then I got a job that was involving people with disabilities, polling place access for people with disabilities. And then from there, met a lot of people doing that and decided to start my own business, which is what I do now, which is consulting and training on disability issues. And I have worked for some really big companies, but, and I continue to do so. So that's my story, and I'm kind of sticking with it. Well, that's good. Now, many people have disabilities, as you well know, but not everyone decides to become an advocate. So tell Mm -hmm. me, why did you? Um, I guess I got frustrated because nobody was helping me find a job, so I created my own job, and um, I guess frustration will do a lot for you in terms of motivating you to do things, you know, so 
that's really how I became an advocate is through my own frustrations of the way that people were treated and the way I was being treated. So frustration and anger propelled in the right direction can do fabulous things. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, as you're listening to her, I think the key thing is that she turned her frustration into anger the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She was angry, but she turned it into actually helping people through this business that she created. And, and when you started doing that, Jessica, did you have people that said you wouldn't be able to do it? Of course. I mean, you know, of course I had people who said, don't leave your job. Um, for the city and don't leave because you won't succeed and there are always people like that but I but you know my mother who has always supported me basically said do what you want because she got some really bad advice from her mother when she was growing up and she was not going to get involved in that so you know so she basically left it up to me to decide, and before the downturn in the, in the economy, I was very successful. Now it's a little bit more of a struggle to get clients, as everybody knows, but I'm still working, so that's a good thing. That is a great thing. That is a great thing. And, you know, what would you say to someone, uh, Jessica, that does want to be an entrepreneur, a person with a disability that gets so many barriers put before them. Just follow your heart and your dreams and the money will follow because that's what I found that happened to me was I, I, I really had never spoken in public before except I was a theater major in college. So, you know, everybody said, don't be a theater major. You don't know what you're going to do with it when you graduate. And I wind up using it because, in a way, it does help you be a better presenter, you know. It does help you become more theatrical. So I would just say to people, follow their heart, and the the money eventually does come, you know. Right. Um, I really think that if you do what you love and if you don't feel like it's work, then you never work a day in your life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And what helped you or gave you the courage to overcome people saying you can't do it? I don't know. I, I, I really have always had a lot of... I. I I don't know, because I just said, I'm going to do this, you know, and um, and I'm just going to do it, you know, and nobody's going to stop me doing what I want to do. And it was a lot of people telling me I could do it. You know, I have friends who also told me, yes, you can do this. And my mother thought I could do it. My friends thought I could do it. It was the peripheral People who told me, don't do that, don't leave your job, don't leave the security, that kind of stuff. But I was so bored with that job that if I had to go to work one more day, and also I wasn't treated very well either. You know, when you're not treated with dignity and respect, like you have a brain, you don't want to go, you know? That's right. So, And by the way, when Jessica's talking about CP... Uh, just for those of you that may not know, she's talking about cerebral palsy, oh, okay. uh, which, by the way, many of my employees, you know, are people with cerebral palsy. But, of course, they have tremendous skill, as Jessica does. And one thing people with disabilities do not want is to be pitied or to be shoved in a corner because, trust me, we know. We can tell. We can tell the difference between welcoming and tolerance. Do you agree with that, Jessica? Definitely. You can tell the difference between people who really embrace you and want you there and people who just tolerate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can definitely tell the difference. Yes, and, you can. Um, I don't want to be tolerated. I want to be accepted for my differences and for my similarities. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 
it is and diversity is really respecting differences rather than saying we're all the same because I don't agree with with the same theory at all, you know. So one other not, thing I want to point out is that Jessica mentioned that although there were people that said you cannot do this, that she had, in addition to her mother, some friends that said, yes, you can do it. And I have in my office a, a uh, poster, or I should say um, a quilted photograph, quilted because it has a quote on it, and it says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And actually, I learned this quote from a teacher in Delaware where I conduct the Bender Leadership Academy for high school students with disabilities um, about fighting bullying and leadership. And this is something I've done on a volunteer basis for a long, long time. She is one of the transitional coordinators who recently retired, and she would always say to these young people, listen, I know Ms. Bender's telling you all this, but remember, Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And I think that's important to know that you do have to have some people around you who believe in you. Oh, for sure. Um, there's this, there's this, um, he's like my champion. There's this one guy who is, who is one of my best friends, who's like my biggest champion. He says, he said, I'm going to write a book about you one day. And I said, I'm not that interesting. He said, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, but see, you need friends like that. Yeah, You need you people that believe in you. I'm saying that because, you know, if you're a young person listening to the show today and if you're going through a lot of issues, I'm telling you, you need friends. And if the friends you have are really difficult, well, first of all, they're not your friends because a friend loves you and accepts you all the time, through thick and thin, 24 by 7. But you've got to be careful who you have partnered with because it will have an impact on you and on your dreams. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that when you have a disability and you say you want to be an entrepreneur, will look at you as if, you know, what happened? You've lost your mind. And I'm sure you did go through that with some people, Jessica. Actually, not too many, because by the time I had really started the the business and had quit my job, I had already gotten a contract. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, you know, it was like being a double agent. Neither my job nor my business, nor the people I was dealing with for my business knew about each other. So it was funny. I was doing my my job part-time and then the other part-time I was building my business so if you if you get a chance to do something like that that's often smarter because giving up benefits and that kind of stuff is not right right you know it's not a good thing to just give up your job when you have nothing else but you have to have something to go to yeah I am more referring to, like in your case, you left, you had a contract, but there are people unemployed who want to become entrepreneurs. And Mm -hmm. I'm saying that regardless of what they tell you, once you have a plan, you need a plan, you need a business plan, you should not give up that dream. No, you shouldn't. Because, believe me, anything can happen. And with that, hey, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Jessica, Mayor, President, Trainer, and Consultant of JB Access. This is Joyce Bender on Valentine's Day on Disability Matters at VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Jessica. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
How has your belief system been formed? Has it been based on others telling you what to believe? Do you desire to make changes in your life that you know will bring you deeper fulfillment? Tune in to The Ripple Effect with Catherine Cloward for your weekly dose of inspiration and encouragement. Whether it be in your business, personal relationships, or family life, this show will help you recognize and trust your intuitive knowing. Catherine and her guests will help inspire you to make fulfilling choices for your life. The Ripple Effect is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than the body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are here with Jessica Mayer, President, Trainer, and Consultant at JB Access. And before we go further, um, Jessica, I want to make sure everyone understands what you do. So why don't you take a few minutes and explain what you do? Okay. Um, I work with companies in order to get them to want to hire more people with disabilities by doing disability awareness training, some ADA training, and some consulting. But basically, I do a lot of disability awareness training and diversity training in the disability world. So, yeah, that's what I do. And if someone listening to the show today is interested in working with you, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, they would go to jbaccess.com. J is in Joyce, B is in Bender. That's easy to remember. <laughs> jbaccess.com. B is in Beth. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, was, what did you say? J is in Jessica, B is in Beth. Oh. Because that's my middle name. All right, well, and, and that is how they could best reach you, right? Yes. Through okay. my website, has my That's phone good. number and my email address. So yeah. All right. What's that? Email address. Oh, it's jbaccess1 at aol dot com. Okay. All right. So if you're listening to the show and you need this assistance, now you know where to go and you know how to find Jessica. So uh, if you are interested, I hope you will move forward. But. On with the show, I want to talk about one of the major issues with me, which anyone that knows what I'm doing as the chair of the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities know that I have a national initiative to stop bullying students with disabilities, as I mentioned earlier. And that is how I met Jessica, because we had a conversation through social media, and when I heard everything she'd been through, I asked her if she would be willing to go on the air and talk about some of this, and she graciously uh, said yes. So why don't we start by you telling us your experience with bullying? Well, first of all, bullying to me, and this is what I really, really want to make clear to people, and bullying is like a slow chipping away of a person's self-esteem that you never get over. I mean, it happened over 30 years ago for me, and, and I still have intense emotional reactions when it comes to 
to people doing certain things to me, leaving me out of things, you know. So it it really is, it stays with you for life. So that's the first thing I want to say to people. If you're a bully, stop. If you're being bullied, you know, you don't have to follow in my footsteps. Um, my experience with being bullied is um, one time... Um, I'm trying to think uh, about the times that I was being bullied. Oh, yeah. Uh, they used to come up to me and tell me I was a cootie and give each other cootie shots against me. Um, that was in grade school. Then in also a kid um, peed on me one time. Uh, oh, and, my goodness. Now, how old were you then? About eight, nine um, and then we moved to Great Neck. That was in Jackson Heights, Queens. And we moved to Great Neck. And and I was tormented here, too. You know, kids are just cruel. I mean, uh, I had gum thrown in my hair. Everything has to do with bodily fluids for me. It was either like I was treated like a toilet bowl in a garbage can. So, you know... It does erode at who you are as a human being. And I can't tell any kid that it doesn't do that to you because it does. But tell an adult, tell somebody that this is going on, tell your mother, tell your parents, because I was actually, except for like the gum throwing my hair, my mother didn't know half the stuff that was going on because... You're afraid the kids are going to re, are, are going to give you repercussions if you tell on them. But, you know, there's a lot more bullying programs now out than there ever were before. And actually my friend Tanya Odom told me about, you know, some bullying programs because she's been working in the anti-bullying stuff in the anti-bullying arena for a long time before all these suicides came out, what she said was there's something called Mix It Up Day. You can Google that. You can, And that's from the Tolerance Center, from the Southern Poverty Law Center. And what that does is it gives kids a chance to sit with other kids at lunch. And that's what they mean by mixing it up. And there are days for that. There's also a group called Challenge Day in California, which, I mean, you probably know all the stuff, Joyce. But, um, but, but to me, I just think it's a, it's a terrible experience. And you also asked me, asked me before about why there are so many bystanders. Yeah. I think that there are so many bystanders because kids don't know what to do. They're, you know, you're at a very tenuous age in your life when you're like 14 and 15. If you really stand up for somebody, then you could be thought of as a cootie too. So I think, you know, they're reluctant to stand up for the kids because they don't want to be seen as as the kid, but I suggest what kids do is that they tell a responsible adult what's going on instead of if they feel uncomfortable about stepping forward. Like I had this kid who was enormously big. He was a big guy, and he was like my protector. But, you know, he would protect me from a lot of that stuff, and all that he would have to do is look at somebody, and the kids would run away because he was so big and strong, and I'm really grateful to him for doing that. And I think when, like, a long time ago, after I graduated from college and I moved back home, home I said to him, thank you for doing that for me. And he said, I don't know how you live through it. But you just do. You just do and you hope that it doesn't 
ruin your life. And I didn't, and you know, that those, I don't really want to say the voices in my head because that makes me sound like I'm a schizophrenic. <laughs> not not well, those voices of doubt that people have. Mm-hmm. I have learned to tell them to shut up and go mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and not to bother me. But mm-hmm. it's been a challenge. Okay. Now, these kids or boy, whatever it was, that went to the bathroom on you, what mm-hmm. happened to them? Well, I don't remember that. My my mother has recently told me that he was a mentally ill kid anyway. He had a mental illness. So she should I I I'm kind of like sorry that she never told me that before because I really thought that he was doing it because I had a disability, but that's probably not why he did it. He probably did it because he thought somebody as vulnerable as he was and that he was a, a, a very sick child to begin with. So I don't know what happened to him. Well, how about the kids that threw the gum in your hair? They treated well, you like a garbage can. What about them? My, my mother went to school one day and said, it's doesn't stop. I'm calling the police. And I didn't even know who did it because they were in back of me. So I really never saw who did it. And, you know, it stopped after my mother threatened to do that. Mm. Because sometimes I think what kids... uh, That was particularly a very weak teacher who was teaching my class Mm -hmm. and who didn't have control over his class. Mm-hmm. So I really think that the teachers need to be aware of this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And the teachers need to go through an anti-bullying program themselves because I think that the teachers especially are responsible for these. I mean, they're not directly responsible for these kids, but they are in a certain way responsible for what goes on in their classroom. And then I had another teacher who this guy was, like, mimicking my speech and back of me and laughing at me when I, when I was answering a question. And he looked at the teacher, him, looked at this kid, at this young man and said, uh, she has more brains in her little finger than you have in your whole body, Mr. Blank. I don't really want to say his name. And um, when I went to my 30th cycle reunion, he actually apologized to me. I think the childhood is a difficult time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, well, some not, of these things are so outrageous mm-hmm. that, you know, I'll be honest with you, it must stop. It has to stop. Because there are too many people listening to those voices you talked about and going down a very dark path. And I don't want to see that happen. And we've got to work together to try to empower young people to stand up against this. But right now we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, we have been talking to Jessica Mayer and we're talking about bullying and stopping bullying Um, And we're going to talk more about this when I come back from the break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. 
Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. And we are talking about something very serious, and I believe something very life-threatening, and that is this incredible bullying of young people and students with disabilities. And we've been talking about that, but I wanted to get back to it one moment. Um, Jessica, here's my question. You know, young people with disabilities are so brutally bullied that some of them have been lost to suicide, referred to as bully-side, because they just felt no worth they couldn't take it remember what you said about the constant chipping away at the person's you know self-being and self-respect uh self-esteem here's what my question is why do you think students with disabilities are so bullied why why does this happen because they look different because you are different than the quote-unquote norm and you're not and if you're different then you will be bullied. I mean, it's it's an unfortunate fact that people who look different get bullied. You know, uh, if you dress differently, you get bullied for dress differently. If you have frizzy hair, if you're too skinny, if you're too tall, if you're whatever it is. If you're going to a white school and if you're black, if you're going to a black school and if you're white, doesn't matter. Kids get bullied for anything and for everything, and and we are and we scare people. People with disabilities scare people. They don't know. They don't understand. Why do you look different? Why are you in a wheelchair? Why do you speak funny? You know, I wish one day we could just have, and I'm not saying that kids are necessarily ready to speak about this, but the adults can talk about it. I mean, you know, when you grow up, like my friend's children have all grown up with me, I'm just Jessica to them. I don't, you know, they hug me, and they're not bullying people because they know me. You know, and I think if the more exposure that kids get at an earlier age, the better off we all are. Now, I'm not sure if it's whether or not Adults with disabilities should go to school and talk about what this is like. Talk about, you know, I'm a real person. You can touch me. I have the same needs, wants, and dreams as you do. I just do things differently than the way that you do them. And, you know, I need to be loved. I need to be cared for and you know, and I have the same needs, wants, and desires. I know I said that before, but that's what it comes down to: the basic human 
derivative that we all have. Derivative? Is, is that the right word? The basic... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, though. I, I know exactly what you mean. And you know... Um, not the right word. I'm, uh, it'll that, come to me. Right. I'm 49. I'm going to be 49. I'm losing it now. Wow. You, um, you really got it going on. You do. And I believe you could help a lot of people. I really do. Mm-hmm. Now... Get back to what I was saying. Let me tell you why I asked you. Young people with disabilities are bullied now more than any other group. And everyone continues to ask why. And, of course, they are different, but I also think that at times they are isolated. So when you're isolated, it's harder to stand up for yourself. You you know, you don't feel as uh, equipped or able and when I've asked people, whether they're deaf or blind, you know, in schools, hey, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you telling anyone? They said exactly what you said earlier, and that is the fear of retaliation. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible that you can't feel comfortable going to a teacher in your own school. Do you know what I mean, Jessica? Yeah. I know it's awful, and and I think the teachers need more skills training, and I think the students need more skills training. Training, and I think that we have to do more of more programs around being civilized to each other. Yeah, <laughs> forget about being friendly, just being civilized. Right, would be nice. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Hey, listen. Um, why do you think so many people are bystanders? Do you think it's for the same reason that they're afraid if they stand up for the person, then they'll be the next victim? Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think that the reason why there's so many bystanders is because, first of all, you you don't want to be thought of as being part of that group, and you don't. A, a kid without a disability doesn't want to be teased either or bullied either. So it's very hard for kids to stand up for another kid. It takes a lot of guts, and most kids don't have those kind of guts because they are just going through school, thinking about their social life, their friends, what they have to lose if they do this. So, and... Trust me, unless, and if you can remember, I just told you the story about the guy who stood behind me and who just looked at people and they would stop. He was very big and very strong. So if somebody messed with him, he would just punch him out, you know, uh, beat the living daylights out of them. And I don't think he ever did it. I don't think he ever has to do it because he was so big. But, you know, and people used to be afraid of him because, but actually he had he had a very big heart because he used to just protect me. But, you well, know. That is awesome. What? I said that's great that he wanted to protect you. Yeah, and he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would just stand behind me and look at people and they would walk away and, in quivering shame, you know, but it takes somebody with an enormous amount of either physical strength, which he he had, and emotional strength, which he also had, and he was also different too. He was um, he was not of the same race, you know, growing up in a predominantly white community. And he got his, he came from a different country, so he got his share of stuff, too. Yeah, right. And, you know, when you were talking about how to deal with people, one thing I want to mention to you, if you are a young person with a disability listening to this show, do not resort to violence because at the end of the day, you'll be the one that gets caught, you'll be the one that gets suspended from the school, Tell someone. I'm not saying this is that. Always the answer is to tell someone, whether that um, be the teacher, uh, the principal, the superintendent, the coach, 
um, I don't, you know, a teacher in another class, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's the rabbi or the pastor, but you have to tell someone. You have I to tell someone. I didn't say from the, from, the, from the disabled person's perspective, I said, if you can find the body, go, go for it, you know. Right. You know, somebody who, who just looks at a kid funny and they run away, you know. <laughs> Which is yeah, exactly. you, you, you really have to do that. You have to tell someone yes. that is absolutely critical. Yeah. Hey, before and we before we do go to break, a few questions. One, uh, what advice then do you have for young people being bullied? Uh, tell your parents. Tell tell them to because to get involved in the school system. You know, um, and if it gets that bad, um, I it. And and you really feel that you don't want to be in school, then then they should get you home tutoring. I really feel if it if it gets that bad, then that's a way of of going. Because I was actually out of school one day, one year, half of the time, because I couldn't take it. You know, and I was just sick every day. And I wasn't pretending to be sick, but I was sick every day. Oh, that's terrible. So, you know, and, you know, so I felt in a lot of ways that, you know, I didn't go to the prom, I didn't have any of those experiences growing up, and... Oh, well, you know, it was something that I'll have to live with now for the rest of my life. But if it really gets that bad, where you're feeling like you can't go to school, well, then you need to be homeschooled. And and I do not take that lightly at all. My advice, what? what she said, speak up tell people, but I must admit there have been people that have gone to the school board that have gone everywhere and it did not stop. Um, And I have had a few parents that chose to do what you said because they were afraid that the the person would commit suicide, that their child would commit suicide. Um, And I you have no idea, folks, how serious this is and what it can do to people. It just eats away forever, and those scars remain. They alter people. You know, you can, you can be like Jessica, and you can stand up and talk about it and be okay, but I'm saying you've got to get other friends. Like when you have a disability, you've got to get to know other people in the disability community, like all the youth agencies, but you have to have a voice or you will have a hard time. Also, there needs to be more of your types of programs out there, mentoring programs, programs where kids with disabilities can meet each other. Because when I was going to school, I was the only one with a visible disability going to school. It was like me and this one other person. And if I, if I could have told you that denial just ain't a river in Egypt, I, I wouldn't be friends with him either. You know, I mean, it was so hard for me to deal with my own disability and my own differences that, you know, I think that we've come a long way in terms of our kids with disabilities. I think it's talked about more now than it was in my generation. My generation, we didn't talk about it. And I didn't go to school with anybody with a disability. You know, so it's different now. I think, you know, more mainstreaming has come into place that there are a lot more kids with a lot more disabilities in the schools, and I'm sure that they're getting hassled all the time. Well, listen, we're going to talk about a few last things before we close the show with Jessica. If you just joined us, we're talking to Jessica Jessica Mayer, and we've been talking about bullying. 
Uh, so if you have any other young people going through this, make sure they come back and listen to this show. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back and happy Valentine's Day we are getting ready to close the show with a great guest we've had today, uh, Jessica Mayer, who I believe has already accomplished so much in her life. Um, and you have, Jessica, you've already done so much. Um, and my question to you is, of all of these things you've done, what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? <laughs> Two things. Um, one is um, my greatest accomplishment was probably starting my own business and being successful at that. And secondly, I think I'm a good and decent human being. And and, and also, I also want to say I survived. <laughs> I survived. So that was good, too. Anyway, well, no, that is a big thing. Yeah. That is a big thing, and for all young people and people in my Bender Leadership Academy and Bender Lead On team, I will say this: there is no one worth taking away your life or your dignity. No one. We have to have a paradigm shift where we people with disabilities are not the victim, but are leaders and stand up and help other people. We can't let this go on. We have to stop it. We have to make it stop as much as we can. And it may not be everywhere, but if it's even in part of the world, that is doing enough. Don't you agree with that, Jessica? Yeah, I think the difference is it's hard for kids to, to comprehend. And, and I know that, that, that I'm letting kids off the hook a little bit because they are kids. But you really have to stop it, and it has to be stopped because more kids now are vulnerable to it because of the Internet and cyberspace and cyberbullying. When I was going to school, nobody was being bullied through cyber, cyberly, uh, if that's a word. Through cyberbullying, right. Cyberbullying, yeah. Anyway, so, um, you know, when I was a kid, it was face-to-face bullying, and, you know, it's much, I think it's easier now, because you can just send somebody a text, you don't have to face them. It's easier. Well, unfortunately, that's so true, because when I was in school, just as you said, this wasn't happening and you could go home and it's all over you have your friends you have your family um, but now when you go home it's on facebook it's on twitter it's everywhere and it's also cruel i mean it can be very cruel what people do and what they say about other people and that's hard to take it's hard to take when it's 24 by 7 mhm 
Absolutely. So that's my greatest accomplishment is that um, starting my own business and seeing people have those moments of clarity and understanding about people with disabilities that they never thought of before, making people think differently mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. people with disabilities. That, that That's the biggest charge that I get when, whenever I'm doing training. It's just like, like, I gave you the aha moment that you wanted. Yes. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very, what's the, it's very rewarding to mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. happen. Well, let me ask you this, Jessica. If you had to leave a message with our listeners today, what would that be? Oh, I guess it would be to um, make the world a better place, keep on keeping on, and just do what you got to do in the world. And, you know, getting down is okay, but then you got to get back up again. Yeah, that's right. Going down is okay, but you do have to get up again. And if you can just listen to Jessica about that one thing, you know, helping just one person helps make the world a better place. And you never know, you could be saving a life by helping that one person. And for any of you listening to the show today that are going through this bullying, hey, don't let them destroy your life. I know when you're in high school, it seems as if the whole world is those kids in school. But guess what? Wait till you get out of school. Wait till you're like me, older. And you look back and you say, why the heck did I ever let these people bother me? I know that's easy for me to say now, but I'm telling you, I promise you, I give you my word. That is how you're going to feel. And then when you go to your high school reunion, your 30th high school reunion, some guy with a bad toupee will come up to you and say he's sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly what happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, listen, we end every show with a quote from someone who has impacted the lives of people with disabilities in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that person today is someone that endured terrible bullying throughout her life in school but ended up changing all of that. And she said, if you're lucky enough to be different, Don't change, says Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're ending the show on Valentine's Day, but I will look forward to speaking to all of you next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.